Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered, Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa Curry-Lowitz, and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. How's it going? (laughs) What is going on, you guys? Today, it is Wednesday, March the 11th, 2020. I can't even believe it's already been two weeks since I left Bali. Like, I cannot believe it. The last time I sat behind the mic, I was in a panic, remember? (laughs) I had to leave Bali in like three hours because my flight got changed from the coronavirus and I misread my ticket and I was like freaking out. But thank thank you to everyone who listened to my Bali part one episode last week, or sorry, two weeks ago. I had such an amazing trip. I'm still processing from it. Uh, I was debating whether to do a part two this week or to talk about another subject, but I decided that there was just so much learning there and things that I haven't processed yet. So uh, I'm going to wait on the part two. Uh, because yeah, this was a trip of a lifetime. So if you haven't heard my previous podcast, my previous episode, go listen to it. Uh, and you can hear all about, all about the amazing time that I had in Bali. (laughs) Ah, It might inspire you to go get out of your comfort zone and to travel and do something for yourself solo, right? Because I was in Bali for a month by myself. That being said, I also want to address the coronavirus situation really quickly. Um, I feel as though it would be, I don't know, irresponsible of me, considering that I'm all about being healthy and making good choices for myself and paying attention. It would feel irresponsible of me to not mention my feelings about what's happening over the world, uh, because there are millions of people right now that are quarantined and that are being affected by this virus. Um, I heard just the other day that, you know, 16 million Italians are quarantined now. And wow, my heart goes out to everyone who's affected. Um, I know I have listeners in Italy. So if you're, or listeners all around the world. So if you're being affected by this virus in some way, shape or form, and you're suffering in some way, I just want to say I, my heart is with you and I'm sending all the positive healing vibes and I hope everyone is okay and recovers quickly. Because like, this is serious a little bit. I'm not one to panic. I didn't go to the grocery store or Costco and buy a million rolls of toilet paper because that's kind of like the ongoing joke right now. Um, I, I, I have sanitizer. I do wash my hands. I did travel through Korea actually on my way back to Canada. Um, I have, I am now outside of my two week, I don't know, what do you call it? Um incubation period. Oh my gosh, that took forever for you to remember the name of it. Um, but I, I traveled really responsibly. I washed my hands a million times and I'm, I just want to say, you know, I encourage everyone to do that as well. You know, wash your hands, travel safe and only when necessary right now. I mean, don't go anywhere if you don't have to go. Cause that two week incubation is really 
crazy. Like we do a lot of things in two weeks. We see a lot of people and we ourselves may not be in a high risk health situation, but someone, maybe there's children that are affected or elderly, or even some people with hidden illnesses that can be exposed and possibly get into trouble. So pay attention to who you're hugging, kissing, shaking hands with. Uh, I just, I just want to say that, that is, that is all. You know, I'm not a, a, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a health professional here in that regard. And I don't know much about this virus. I I mean, I spent the last month in Bali and, and we didn't hear anything about it. I just want to say, please be careful and make good choices. Um, we joke about it because we're not directly affected, but now there are many people who are starting to see the effects of this and, 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 and feel you know, feel the effects. So joking about it might not be that funny anymore. So I just want to say my heart is with everyone. This also leads me into my topic for today, oddly, like kind of perfectly by, well, a few degrees of separation, but in speaking about health and in paying attention to our health and what we're doing um, to I don't know, be healthy, quote unquote, or feel healthy. That's a better way to put it, to feel healthy. Uh, I mean, I myself, I talk about this all the time. I have previous podcasts on how I lost 85 pounds. I talk about burnout, my death fatigue, um, you know, things that I've gone through. Because I think a lot of people out there go through those things. I mean, I don't think that that makes it normal. I think it makes it common. Um, And I might use that a lot because we normalize our health ailments or issues and we are told that it's normal. But is it right? And is there a better way? Like, can we be more healthy? I personally have ignored a lot of shit that's gone on in my body. I just sort of, you know, thought things were normal and that if I just waited it out, that it would go away. And, and most of the time it, di- it did. Uh, and I just sort of took my body for granted. That's honestly the best way I could describe it. I took my body for granted. Better, better yet, I take my body for granted because that's still a thing that I'm battling with and learning, I'm learning about my body. I'm learning about how privileged I am living where I live and having access to clean water and an abundance of food. And I'm safe. I'm warm. And I take my body for granted. So it's hard to admit, but man, oh man, for a large period of my life, I had this mentality that I was either not responsible for my body and that my body was failing me, okay? My body's failing me right now. Or that nothing I ever put into myself or put myself through will ever give me cancer or heart disease or anything, any other dangerous ailment, okay? I just had this, I don't know, ignorance that nothing ever, nothing will ever happen to me. And trust me, I've put my body through so much shit in my life. I'm only 38 years old here. When is the breaking point? Okay, so this episode today 
by a massive request on Instagram. I did a poll yesterday asking if y'all wanted to hear about my 90-day detox because I've been talking about it on Instagram. I talked about it the entire time I was in Bali. I've posted about it. Um, And yesterday, the response was like a big thumbs up. Hells yeah, let's do this. Um, So today's episode, I'm going to talk all about the, I don't know, ins and outs. Is that the way to put it? I don't know. Ins and outs. (laughs) (laughs) about what I'm currently doing with my body or to my body or in my body or (laughs) I can't talk. (laughs) I don't even know how to say that. How do I say that? What I'm currently doing, what my current diet, dietary plan is. I don't really like using the word diet though. Oh, I know there's a lot of people out there that are kind of cringing as well. I mean, I think I'm going to get into this a little bit later in the show about the word detox and cleanse and the and buying into a program. Uh, I mean, that's not really what I've done. Yes, you can classify it as that, but I kind of see it a little bit of like a little bit of an arc out of that sort of concept. Um, because my life has given me a few brilliant aha moments of clarity, okay? I've had a few wake-up calls that were so painfully loaded with a, a specific message that I had no choice but to respond. The first major one was when, it was like back in 2008, um, I was like, 85 pounds overweight. I was drinking every day, smoking, eating all the food um, from the quote unquote convenience diet. Uh, I've talked about this many times. Sorry to repeat myself, but yeah, that was the big, big wake up call. Uh, The next major one was during my death fatigue about two years ago when I felt as though my body was sort of failing me, except I didn't fully want to commit to healing myself. I I wanted, you know, that I wanted this idea that, um, oh my gosh, I feel like I need to tread like so lightly here when I say this because it can be taken so far out of context, but, um, the moderation, um, the like eating healthy foods with in moderation with like, or excuse me, having sort of junk foods in moderation. Uh, cause that's what I felt like I was doing. Um, but I felt it, I was feeling super sick. I, had that crazy death fatigue. I was burning out. Um, but I just wanted to drink wine. I wanted to feel healthy and energized and not bloated and not hungover with no headaches, but I wanted to drink wine like four to six nights a week. (laughs) Not crazy drinking, mostly casual with, you know, the odd bender here and there. Um, and, and at that time, you know, I was like determined that there was something wrong with me and I was going through the health system and uh, I basically got nothing back outside of that I have suffer from depression and that I need to take depression meds. So in that sort of period where I did podcast about that as well, sorry for repeating, um, I had an awakening. That's when I started my Ayurveda and went down that road. And sort of shifted things a little bit, shifted my perspective. The last major wake-up call I've had happened 
I should say in between all of that, there have been little nudges, you know, not big aha booms, but like the nudges that I'm like, oh, okay, whoa, whoa, Elisa, whoa, like kind of like little guys putting me in check. The last one happened on like the big one happened on December the 31st. 2019. So exactly, I don't know, what is that? 72 days ago, I was laying on my couch. I had drank six neutral vodka sodas already. Those are like tall can vodka sodas. Um, I was by myself. I was drinking away my sorrows on a New Year's Eve solo pity party. I had just gone through a rough breakup and I'd been drinking heavily nonstop for two and a half weeks straight and something inside of me piped up finally. Okay. I wasn't with my friends. I was ignoring my friends. I didn't go out with anyone. I didn't want to be with anyone. I just wanted to be alone and drunk. That was my state, my status, my status, my status at the time. Now I have spoken about these wake up calls. Like I said, in the past, this was exactly like all the other major ones. The voice in my head said, okay, Elisa, that is enough. And that just that message coming through so clearly was like literally enough to like catapult me out of my pity party. And I just like I like woke up again. I was like, what? How did I lose myself again? Well, you know, there's only one thing I can do about this. So and this all happened at like 8.45 p.m. on New Year's Eve. The voice came out of nowhere. I was actually watching a movie at the time and I just cracked my seventh vodka soda. I put it down or maybe it was my seventh. Maybe it was my eighth or ninth. I don't even know. Uh, I think I talked about this in a previous podcast. But anyways, I put the drink down, turned off the movie, stood up with this all of a sudden extreme clarity and I went to bed. And that was that. And that message was enough to tell me it was time for a massive overall shift. I knew what I had to do. I've oh, I've always kind of known somewhere inside of me that what I was doing was not, I don't want to say healthy, but it just wasn't in my best interest. It wasn't serving me in the ways that I preach and the ways that I talk and I the messages that I'm delivering to everybody. This behavior was you know, against that. It was hiding from, I was avoiding myself. Okay. I was avoiding doing the work. So what did the overall even look overhaul? Not the overall. (laughs) What did that overhaul even look like? (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't know. I might jump around here. So stay with me, but yes, I, I've been tested positive for a fatty liver. Okay. I've also been tested positive for EBV, which is Epstein-Barr virus. So if you haven't heard that podcast that I did a few episodes ago, go listen to it. I talk about EBV. If you don't know what EBV is, go listen to it. I talk about it with Dr. Kasia Kynes. It's a really informative podcast for anyone who has, you know, unexplained chronic fatigue like myself. Um, So go listen to that one. But... um, Both of these things, fatty liver and EBV, can cause chronic fatigue, which is exactly what was happening to me, amongst other things, right? So chronic fatigue was the biggest one, Um, and it it was like really affecting my life in a very, very negative way. Um, So 
in an effort to heal my body, what I decided to do on January 1st, 2020 was to heal my fatty liver. Now, um, I have had a fatty liver for years. Uh, the first ultrasound I had was just after my divorce back in 2009. So 11 years ago. And at the time I was in rough shape and this is kind of like, I'm just going to kind of, you know, um, I know I've talked about this before. I just want to say it again for anyone that hasn't really listened to the podcast very much, or just as a refresher, because I know some of you guys have heard this before and I talk about it on Instagram all the time, but, um, I don't think I've talked about the fatty liver part. So I'm going to do that right now. Um, when I, when I was diagnosed with a fatty liver, I was going, I was like in really rough shape. (laughs) 2009 was a rough year. Um, and I was having the worst stomach pains of life. Um, this, as it turns out was all stress related, but what they discovered through some of the testing um, and ultrasounds was that A, I was pre-diabetic and B, I had a fatty liver. Oh crap. Um, I did an immediate overhaul after that because I was really afraid of getting type two diabetes. That was kind of a wake up call. That was around the first, that first wake up call. Okay. Uh, But I didn't really focus on my fatty liver during that time. And I'm 90% sure that it has been fatty, sluggish, and overwhelmed for for years, years and years and years and years. This is very, very common. Uh, And I'm not going to get too deep into the nitty gritty here. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose anyone with anything. I'm not even going to try. I can't recommend anything to anyone. I'm just going to talk about my journey and how I decided to do this detox that I'm currently doing right now. Okay? So on January 1st, I might... uh, sorry if I'm repeating, um, but I started the 15-day Wild Rose Herbal Detox program. So there are supplements that you take in that program, uh, which you can get at your local health store, and there's a dietary component. So I followed the diet, which is quite restrictive. So you may seem, if you ever if you ever do it, it may seem quite restrictive to most people. Um, I've had a, a few food ailments or food sensitivities already. So I, I was already avoiding a lot of the stuff on the list. So doing the diet was like kind of breezy, not too bad. Um, during that 15 days, I, I started to do, you know, a deep dive into rescuing my liver. And I read this liver rescue book, which I've mentioned in the in previous episodes as well, uh, by the medical medium. And I learned a million, billion, trillion things about my liver. The first is that to rescue a sluggish fatty liver was not going to take 15 days. Okay. So I had to do something, uh, more than that. It was going to take a lot longer than 15 days to get rid of the fat on my liver. How long that, that period is, is unknown. Um, it's impossible to tell everyone is different. So what I decided to do was I was really going to pay attention to my body and what I was putting into my body strictly for 90 days and possibly beyond. But I really wanted to be strict for 90 days and see how I feel and what's up. And then possibly, well, I'm going to go for another ultrasound um, at the end of the 90 days. So this is what I did. I eliminated all the quote unquote troublemaker foods. These are foods that overwhelm the liver and its ability to filter your blood and direct all the nutrients, vitamins, minerals to the right places. Your liver has a bajillion functions, which I have also learned about. I 
I learned so much about the liver, it's insane. But my biggest takeaway is that I've been putting my body slash liver up against some some crazy shit. So much, so much. But now all of a sudden I can see that my liver is not failing me, but more that I am failing my liver. Like, wow, what a concept. I am putting my body up against a lot. So I can, you know, control that. I have a say in that. And my main goal during these 90 days is to feel energized. That's what I want to wake up in a day and have a day where I don't have a dip. I don't feel tired after eating. I feel energized. I want to feel the energy. And I've, I've taken this death fatigue thing so seriously over the past couple of years. And it's time, it, you know, this diet, what I'm doing, how I'm eating, what I'm putting into my body is, is serious to me, period. So <clears throat> what is it? What is the diet? What does it look like? <laughs> These are the foods that I've eliminated. Okay. This is just me. Again, it's on my personal journey. Number one, alcohol, obviously no alcohol, no gluten, no dairy, uh, or dairy products, sugar all in all forms, except for natural sugars from fruits and vegetables, no corn, no eggs, no ultra processed foods. And I want to talk about that a little bit because, uh, processed, like, I don't know the actual technical term, but there is, I read it somewhere on Google or in the book. I don't know. Um, if the food has gone through one or two stages, for example, I have coconut milk out of a can. It has been canned. That is um, the highest level of processing I'll do or like a vegetable that's been frozen. I'll have frozen veggies. I mean, you know, frozen veggies can be delicious too and we're all on a budget and we have to get by somehow. So I, I will accept that amount of processing. I'm talking about ultra processed foods. There is a big difference. I don't know. Someone, I was telling someone the other day that I'm not eating processed foods and they had an argument with me that everything is processed. And I was like, Oh my God, I don't think you're getting the point. The point is, is that it's still a whole food. It's just been packaged or canned one, like gone through one thing. Okay. Anyone rolling their eyes right now? Sorry. Or anyone that wants to argue with me, sorry, but that's that. Um, I'm also avoiding excess salt. I am still putting salt on my vegetables and on my in my cooking, just not a lot of salt, which is really eliminated big time, avoiding ultra processed foods and also processed meats, which is my favorite. It's like my kryptonite. I miss that a lot. But anyways, I'm also not eating uh, big uh, saltwater fish like tuna, mackerel, mahi-mahi. This is because of the heavy metals. And last but not least, processed vegetable oils. So basically no veg, no oil outside of olive oil and coconut oil. And I use all, both of those things for cooking, for salad dressings, for everything. It's hard because the butter thing is tough. That's like one tough thing, the butter. Uh, to cook is I love cooking with butter. I don't put, I don't eat toast or even gluten-free bread. I'm not doing any gluten-free substitutions either, like gluten-free crackers or anything like that. I'm just kind of avoiding it, uh, all in general, but the, the butter, <laughs> like, oh my God, vegetables with butter. Oh, to me, like even mashed potatoes with butter. It's like my favorite thing ever. And I kind of miss that as well. Um, 
So that was a kind of a big list and it's a little bit intimidating. <laughs> People think I'm absolutely insane, that I'm crazy, that I'm psycho. What can I, but what can I eat? This is always the biggest question. Well, there's nothing left to eat. Well, I can eat a shitload of food. I have been eating like, ugh, the most amazing food. There's so much choice that we have just forgotten about because of quote unquote, the convenience food diet and the food marketing. Okay. So what I, what do I eat? I mean, anyone that saw me in Bali on Instagram saw like the delicious salads. Oh, I did have gluten-free bread there. I, I will have it, you know, at restaurants or something, but I'm just not buying it. I did have some sandwiches, for example, when I was in Bali, uh, some burgers, Um, oh, I will say to, um, I am sort of avoiding red meat, no pork. I didn't add that. That was, that's on the list. I didn't say it. Um, also red meat is, uh, cause it's hard to digest. Um, it's tough on the digestive tract and system and on the liver. Uh, so I eat it like maximum once a week. Uh, anyways, back to the foods that I can eat. Um, tons of salads. I co- I've been cooking a lot, lots of roasted vegetables with chicken, fish. I've been doing a lot of like lentil stew, turkey stew, stews, soups. I mean, it's cold. When I was in Bali, I was eating a lot of fresh and raw. So or almost too much, almost too much. Um, but, uh, whole foods is the name of the game. Whole foods. So anything that comes from, and I learned this from Stephanie K Nutrition. We've done a couple podcasts together and you guys should all go follow her at, at Stephanie K Nutrition on Instagram. She's amazing. Um, her whole food program, she does this real food reset. She's really rubbed off on me with, you know, making sure that all the ingredients are whole foods that are real food that either come from the ground, the sea, or an animal. Um, I'm eating a lot of food, I would say. Um, my mom actually mentioned to me the other day, she's like, you're not eating as much. You would have gone for seconds. And I and I just like, I thought about that. I'm like, well, I kind of had a big giant bowl of curry with rice and I ate it all. And then I had a giant apple uh, for dessert. Um, and it was awesome. But you know, I, I would have gone for seconds. So I will say that I do feel like I'm eating a lot, but I think before I was eating even more. It's really interesting. It's an interesting thing that's kind of shifted in me with with this diet because I feel full and I feel, um, uh, what's the word, satiated. I feel like I'm good. Before it was always like I would keep eating because I just, I never felt full or, or something. This eating whole foods and a primarily a plant-based diet. Like if anyone watching saw, I did eat a lot of plant-based food. That being said, um, I am not a vegan or vegetarian. I know I come across this one all the time, but I'm not. I do eat meat and I I did have, you know, a few protein problems. I wasn't eating enough protein when I was in Bali. So I had to, you know, improvise, but, um, start eating more chicken. Um, so anyways, I started sharing all of this stuff with you when I arrived in Bali, right? Because even before that, when I got to Bali, I had already been cleansing or whatever you want to call it, detoxing for over 30 days. Uh, before I made my first post, I really wanted to, I don't know, 
get a sense for how I was feeling about doing all of this stuff. I was a little bit, I don't know, embarrassed. There was some shame around how I behaved before, even though like most of the world had no idea this was going on. Um, and I posted about this detox and it had very mixed reviews, most of which were supportive, I have to say, but I had a lot of questions as to what exactly I was doing and why I was feeling so good, like those types of supportive things. I had a lot of, well, I had several other public and private comments about how detoxing and promoting this detox is quote unquote, dangerously irresponsible and causes disordered eating, specifically orthorexia. Now, I want to take a few minutes to address this because A, I believe eating disorders uh, are serious. They're a very serious thing. And B, in many ways, I am influencing whether I want to be or not. Uh, And these are hard conversations, and I believe that we should have them publicly. So I want to share my opinion slash experience with you regarding this, this subject of detoxing being disordered eating. And I honestly, I was taken aback when I I first got the DM about how I shouldn't be promoting detoxes because they cause disordered eating. I didn't even know what orthorexia even was. I had to Google it. Um, And this is what Google says. Orthorexia is a term for a condition that includes symptoms of obsessed behavior in pursuit of a healthy diet. Okay, so reading that even again right now, I do feel... um, I feel for anyone that may have taken what I am doing or what I have said out of context. Um, so I I actually started to read up a little bit on this and see how, you know, the terms detox and cleanses and extreme diets can trigger anyone touched by eating disorder. And I wanted to sort of educate myself a little bit more. Um, And with that in mind, I do apologize for that if I have affected anyone negatively. However, I also want to offer some context because I believe that this is the piece that was missing from my initial IG post. Maybe, um, maybe I didn't provide the right context because context I believe is necessary and it explained like, I, I want to explain my chronic fatigue and how I've been suffering for so long and how I have, you know, health ailments that I'm looking into. Uh, I also want to reiterate how this is all, this whole detox is coming from a place of self-love and respect. And I'm not eliminating foods to punish myself or feel deprived. I have never felt deprived from day one. Never. Uh, I feel as though I eat. uh, I want to showcase how amazing, you know, shifting a few food choices can be. And I want to show that healthy food is accessible and where to get it and how to make it and these types of things like that's kind of the whole point of me showing it is that I'm changing my life from a place of love and respect this is an act of love for me it's my personal journey everybody is different everyone comes from a different place we all have different thoughts we all have different beliefs and what I'm doing may not work in the same way for everyone else. And that is why I have to say this is my journey and we all have a choice in how we feel. Everyone, and I'll stand by this to the end, everyone has a choice and everyone is responsible for their choices. So I believe 
that is all I want to say about that. <laughs> and I also believe I'm not laughing about the subject. I'm laughing at my my inability to communicate how I feel effectively here. <laughs> um, I, I believe that a big part of why I'm on this earth in the first place is to inspire others to pay attention in their lives. And this includes our thoughts and beliefs and our relationships and our jobs and where we put our attention in our lives and why and why things are so dramatic, but also what fills our soul, what movements fill us and how to love ourselves better and to pay attention to our bodies and how we feel living inside of them. That's something I ignored for so long in my life and I believe it has been the catalyst to me making good choices for myself. Since I began this awareness practice, I think it was like over seven years ago, probably longer, I have been paying attention to my life in a different way. And what I've discovered is that food seriously affects the way I feel on an emotional and physical level. Uh, on a mental level as well, on all the levels. It affects my mood, my emotions, my energy. You know, certain foods make me feel bloated immediately. I feel inflamed and then sluggish. That sluggy, slug, slug, slug shit feeling. Like, forget it. I don't want to feel like that anymore. After I eat some food, I go into like, I don't, I'm sure, (laughs) I'm sure, you know, there's many people out there nodding their heads in agreement when you eat certain foods or certain quality of food or quantity of food, and you go into a crazy shaming, self-shaming session, you know, I do that. And I, and I criticize myself incessantly for not just one day, but sometimes weeks. I punish myself because I drank too much one night and, or, or I ate, I don't know, whatever. I I feel like a depression from this. It's, it's this, it's this emotional pendulum that food triggers in me, my blood sugar, what that does to my body. I mean, it's not good. There's actually this quote from Austin Powers. I may have said this in the past, but I have to say it again. It's from Fat Bastard. And he says, I eat because I'm unhappy and I'm unhappy because I eat. It's a vicious cycle, really. And this quote impacted me at a visceral level. My friend Peter and I always kind of say it in a joking way, but it's, it, it explains sort of like, it explains my thought process and my emotional like roller coaster when it comes to food. I eat because I'm unhappy and I'm unhappy because I eat. It's a vicious cycle, really. Like that just, you know, that's me. Many foods, you know, feel good going down the hatch, but then uh, there's days of shaming and crazy death fatigue and crazy hangovers, which result in a very unhealthy way to live for me. That's my decision. I am choosing to recognize that this is unhealthy. And I, I totally understand that other people are in different places, right? Like not everyone will agree with me or not everyone is as sensitive to food as I am. Like my mom, she goes to McDonald's and she, sorry, mom, I'm like ratting you out here, but (laughs) um, she can eat anything. She talks about eating anything and feeling nothing afterwards. And I'm just like, oh my God, what would life be like if I could just go and eat a burger and not want to go to bed immediately following that? Like, I don't even know. I could never... 
I, 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 that's not me. I know we're all different. Food affects everyone in a different way. Um, and again, I am here to just encourage everyone to pay attention. If you feel like shit, maybe it's time for you to pay attention to what you're putting your body up against. I'm not diagnosing you with a fatty liver. You likely don't have one. Maybe you do. Uh, but I'm making this massive shift and I'm excited about the changes in my health and I'm healing myself and I'm recovering from this like struggle within my body. And I'm, it's, I'm proud of that. Like I feel good during this detox. I've never once spoken about my weight either. And I, I, I have had massive weight transformations. I do know what it feels like to be an elite athlete working at peak performance. I know what it feels like to be you know, overweight and a size 20. I, I get it. I know both sides. And this is not about weight. I'm really paying attention to how I feel the feeling because the feeling speaks so loud. It speaks louder than words. And everyone talks about how they look and their eyelashes and their Botox and their wardrobes and their fake tans and all of these things, which I am, by the way, I did have a couple, more than a couple, like several requests to talk about body image. And I'm going to do a podcast on this because I think it's fucking super important for everyone to hear men, female, women, whatever, people who identify as women, people who identify as male, body image is a problem. It's a serious thing that's affecting everyone. We're forgetting to talk about how we feel, actually feel. Instead of like lying about it or masking it with like, oh, I'm great. <laughs> that kind of crap, right? Um, and the fatty liver thing, like I, I actually read in this book that there's like over a hundred million Americans that have a fatty liver. And I'm not saying, like I said before, I'm not saying this to scare anyone. I'm not saying it because uh, like for any other reason than to pay attention you know, in my liver rescue book, um, he talks about how we, if we, if we as human beings held our livers in our hand or outside of our body somewhere, everyone would be shocked and we would take our diets way more seriously. Okay. This is because the liver is like a silent sufferer and it works really hard for you to eliminate all the crap that we put into our bodies. And this crap that quote unquote, normal, like the normal foods or the crap that it is considered quote unquote healthy because of the packaging. And I've said this because like, I'm going to say it again. Food is no longer food. It now comes packaged with chemicals and hormones and heavy metals and plastics and genetically modified ingredients and straight up fake ingredients and sugars and salts just to name a few, there's a bunch of other crap. Like you read some of the packaging and I'm just like, what the hell is all of this stuff? And where did it even come from? And what is it doing to me? You know? Yeah, it tastes good. But then what? Like then it's gone and we don't see what actually like the stress we're putting on our organs to like get rid of it or use it or not use it or store it somewhere or, you know, make us feel like shit <laughs> or tinker with our brains. Who knows what this stuff is doing? So how much do you think your body can take of that? Think about how your body speaks to you after you eat. 
or you work out, or if you sit all day long. You know, it's easy for us to hear our bodies tell us that we're hungry or we're thirsty. But why is it okay to ignore the other ways it speaks, like our digestion and our bloating and how tired we are, you know, in my case? So, I don't know. Again, I'm not a doctor, but if you're suffering and you don't know why, maybe it's time to pay attention. (laughs) I think I've rambled on enough about that. So let's talk about my actual detox again, because today I'm on day 71 and it's going so well, so fucking well. My mom hates when I swear. Sorry, mom, but it's so fucking good. I feel so good. I can't even tell you. My entire life is, you know, on an upswing and... I believe it's 100% because of the food choices that I've been doing for the last 71 days. So I also want to add that the diet shifts um, in regards to people with EBV, Epstein-Barr virus, is almost identical to the diets that heal a fatty liver. Okay, so I believe I'm kind of killing two birds with one stone right now because I, you know, I feel energized and... um, I don't know. Here's an example. Before I would get up and I would work in my social media business for, I don't know, three or four or five hours in the morning, then uh, I would either go to meetings um, or to the gym or to Pure Kitchen where I work part time as a server. I would go there. Um, I'd work for like four or five hours and then I'd come home. And basically by 3 p.m., so I usually start work at 6 a.m. I would say on average. Sometimes it's like 5.30. Sometimes it's like 6.30. So I would say 6 a.m. on average, I start work and I go all the way to, uh, I don't know, sometimes 6 p.m., sometimes 8, sometimes 10. Okay. I do work a lot. I have cut down a lot as well, but at the 3 p.m. mark, I just go, I have the biggest dip of a life. I die I die. I have no energy. Oh, I can't sleep either. Sometimes I lay down and just like try and sleep. Sometimes I do like a yin practice in my house. I roll out. Um, sometimes I just power through. I do not drink coffee because I will not fall asleep. I cannot drink coffee after the hour of noon. Um, I also don't drink soda or anything with caffeine in it. It will just kill me. I don't drink soda, period. Anyways, but... Um, I now, in the last two months, in the last, I should say, honestly, in the last four weeks, I have done full days and I have never once even thought of laying down or taking a rest. I mean, I am moving at a little bit more of a moderate pace as opposed to go, 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 because I'm starting to recognize how the go, go, go feels in my body. But like, I... I wouldn't have seen that if I wasn't paying attention to the food. You know what I mean? And my energy doesn't drop like a hammer. It stays like even keel. Yes, I get tired after a big day. Yes, I love sitting on the couch and watching a movie at night. Uh, or whatever, going out for dinner. Uh, but I, my energy is epic. When I want to go to bed, I go to bed. I basically go to bed at 9, <laughs> 9.30. 10 max. Oh my God. I haven't stayed up past 10 in a while. I mean, I was really on the circadian rhythm. I think I talked about that last episode of waking up with the sun and going to bed with the sun kind of thing. I mean, it helps that you're living at the equator and 
you know, the sun sort of rises at reasonable times. Um, not here in the winter. I mean, the sun goes down here at like five, <laughs> like 4.30 in the middle of, in the dead of, of the short days there in December. But anyways, my mental clarity is also amazing. My sleep is amazing. I just feel so great. And you know what? We've all done programs where we feel amazing. This just works for me. I've honestly, after I had that first wake up call, I did a very similar, uh, thing for a year. I did the no gluten, no dairy, no sugar, no processed foods, no alcohol for a year. I did no coffee then as well. Um, and it was spectacular and I really did learn a lot about my, myself and, and it kind of helped to, I don't know, kickstart my awareness about what food, how food makes me feel. And, Um, I slowly started implementing some stuff and I felt okay eating it. And it's just kind of been a slow decline since then. But now that I'm in this program, people are, are noticing, like people can see that I have this glow, like my skin, you should see my skin. It's awesome. (laughs) Like people can, they're noticing that my face isn't swollen. They think that I've like done Botox or that I've got eyelash extensions because my eyes are like brighter. The whites are whiter. My eyes look different. I'm wearing zero makeup. I wear just mascara. I'm not even wearing eye makeup anymore, which is something I used to do. Um, and I don't know, I have like physical changes to my face. People are asking me if I physically changed my face and I'm like, nope. <laughs> just taking care of myself, you know, in a, di- in a different way. I'm paying attention. So I don't know. Is this sustainable? That's another thing people keep asking me. Will I continue to eat this way forever? <sighs> this is a physical journey. Uh, yeah, but it's also a massive spiritual journey. And through this experience, I'm shifting inwards and I don't have a massive attachment to this. I'm not attached or obsessed with this style of eating in an unhealthy way. Will I go back to the way I was eating before? Probably not to that extent. I hope that after everything is said and done here that I've learned a lot about how food makes me feel, or at least I have a a stronger understanding. Um, I'm going to test some foods here and there and see how I feel. But I just, this is very sustainable. Yes, eating a whole food diet without um, gluten or dairy, because um, like gluten wheat is whole food as is dairy. Uh, And I have nothing against the dairy industry at all, zero. I might start implementing butter. I'm I'm obsessed with cheese. I would eat an entire wheel of cheese in one night. Like no word of a lie. I love it so much, but it does make me feel not good. Uh, am I lactose intolerant? Possibly. I mean, the cheese, I think (laughs) cheese affects my skin, uh, acne, acne on my face, on my back, on my bum, uh, not eating it. Uh, sort of sugar actually sugar is a big one for my skin as well. And not eating those two things really has boosted my confidence. My skin is so smooth and soft. And I just, I don't know. If I ate it, I would consciously and and something sort of happened and my skin started to change, then I would know, right? So that's the learning. Um, But like I said, the spiritual journey, I've turned inwards. It was all super enhanced in Bali. I mean, like, come on, Bali is insane. But 
what I'm trying to say is the mental clarity in all of this. My mental clarity is at an all-time high. And I feel as though I've taken my self-love practice to a new level. Uh, I've deepened it. It's becoming deeper in me. And I'm really learning a lot about who I am. And that's, that might not sound relatable to a lot of people, like what you eat, how do you know who you are, you know, but I, it's really connecting me to me. And I am very sensitive. I'm a sensitive person. Uh, and I'm really learning, you know, some really interesting things. I'll just say that. A lot of the stuff kind of ties into the learnings that I learned in Bali, which I will, I promise, I will do, um, a spiritual learnings podcast in the near future. But this process, you know, I'm holding so much compassion for younger versions of myself. And, you know, those, those versions where I wasn't ready to learn the lesson, nor was I ready to accept responsibility for the way I feel. It's just, it's really interesting what comes up and how it comes up. And so, is it sustainable? Absolutely. I, I've, I mean, I'm getting all my vitamins and nutrients. I'm eating a shit ton of food, like a lot. Uh, and will I continue to eat this way? Uh, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to say a hard yes or a hard no. I'm just going to say probably because it's just, I feel so, 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 so great. Uh, so in tuned with my body. And it's, it's actually incredible how body the, how body, it's actually incredible how amazing the body is and how having energy from getting energy from food feels. So, like I said, I used to eat and feel tired and heavy and, and sluggish and still hungry. Now I eat and I feel alive and satiated and ready for the day or ready for sleep or ready for whatever I'm doing. I just like food is kind of one of those things that I thought about 20 million times a day. And now I just don't, it's kind of disappearing. I'm my relationship to it is changing. Um, and because I'm filling myself up with things that, uh, serve me in my highest interest. So I also want to add that it doesn't require you to be like rich or have a ton of money to pay attention to how food makes you feel. It actually costs $0. I'm just throwing it out there because a lot of people forget that awareness is free. It it does, however, require patience and practice, okay? And sometimes we forget and that is also okay. It requires a little bit of compassion too because, you know, we miss things and that's that's fine, you know? That's it takes a long time to really get it. I even me, I don't even get it. Uh, I don't even think a lot of people get it until the very, very end. But, you know, the more you practice, the better you, the better you are and the easier you can recognize when things are kind of shifting out of your best interest. (laughs) Like one of the things that did come to the surface a lot for me in this detox is patience. And, you know, in this process, I've, it hasn't been easy entirely. I've said to myself, I've told, I've said my body is testing me, (laughs) you know? So I I do need to kind of say the downswing a little bit of, of this because the beginning was fricking something else. It was hard. It was hard. I don't know. 
on all the levels, I guess, but it's, uh, I should say it's not, it wasn't easy, like so easy as maybe Instagram portrayed itself. Like I know I portrayed myself on Instagram as having like this, as this experience being all hunky dory because it wasn't, I, it actually took me 40 days to really start experiencing some of these benefits of cleaning up my diet. Like I, I didn't even talk about it for the first 30 days, but then, you know, at the 40 day mark, I did have a big giant shift. Um, I mean, in the first couple of weeks I did have, I, I did feel like oddly amazing, you know, one or two times or once a week maybe, but mainly I was experiencing headaches and kidney pain and just like a feeling of lack. I did feel like, you know, I, I just kept focusing on all the foods that I was missing as opposed to the foods that are fueling my body from a place of love to heal. Okay. Uh, I was just, you know, I thought that once I started doing this, I would see immediate results and I wasn't. (laughs) Interesting how that uh, when we want something immediately and it doesn't happen, (laughs) where our minds go and what we do and how we sort of start that cycle of self-sabotage. Oh, well, screw this. It's not working. I decided not to do that because I did say I'm doing 90 days. And then sure enough, at 40 days, I let go. It's almost like my body trusted me or something and decided to let go because I urinated like 30 times one day. So much water was just like pumping out of me. Uh, because I'd been holding on to so much water and inflammation. I had, I could not believe how many times I urinated. I had one big day like that before I left Bali. And then another one during my first week there, it was incredible. And both times I woke up the next morning with this like substantial, like I was substantially less bloated. And like, there was basically no fatigue, uh, after that 40 day marks. Uh, so I don't know my cravings at 40 days, you know, they basically were completely gone. No more cravings. Um, mostly, mostly my cravings before were like sugar. I would think of like going and buying like this bag of nibs and eating it all in one sitting, which I have done in the past many times. And I love like jelly bellies. Oh my God. Sugar is, it's so bad for me. Like it's literally the worst, even, you know, you know what else, um, that's on the list that I, I, uh, wasn't having in Bali was, uh, carbonated water. They don't really have carbonated water. And cause I don't drink pop. I like that effervescent sort of feeling in my mouth. So, uh, they, but they didn't have any, so I was kind of missing that then. And, you know, it's really interesting when I was craving things, I, I, uh, wasn't eating them where my mind would go. I don't know, I'm just kind of thinking out loud right now. It was very interesting. All the while, I, I knew that I was doing this for myself and to heal, and it was all good. But the mind just plays tricks on you and keeps that same story ripping through over and over. Like, wow. Also, I will say, I talked about my hunger, my blood sugar, and how I was like balanced. I was I had a balanced blood sugar, which is something that I never, I don't know, I don't feel very often. Uh yeah, it was, it's crazy. Hunger is a big one because I, 
haven't really felt hungry. I am intermittent fasting as well. I'm doing a 14 to 16 hour window. Um, I don't wake up starving necessarily. Um, like I would say for the most part and I'm sticking to my windows and it's freaking cinchy. It's super easy now. Like at the start, it was, it was different because you know, you're changing your routines a little bit and changing up my routine like that was a little bit tough. I talked about my skin, my acne, it's gone. Uh, my digestion is epic. Like the flow, like the, 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 the start of digestion, like in the mouth, all the way to the end of digestion into the toilet epic. That's all I'm going to say about it. My sleep, my sleep at first was very rough, very rough. I wasn't sleeping well at all. Uh, I'd wake up a lot to pee. That was like the biggest, I I mean, I've always kind of woken up to pee, but this was like a lot. I was peeing a lot in the night. It was annoying. I wasn't sleeping. I was, but I wasn't necessarily tired. Once I decided to get up and out of bed, I wasn't tired. Like I was in the past. I don't know. So there was like a little bit of rockiness there. And then my body, I mean, I feel 25 again. I feel 25 again. And I'm celebrating. It's amazing. <laughs> ah, okay. I don't know if there's any other things I want to talk about here with this detox. I feel like I've really covered it and I've covered it more than once. What do you guys think? Like, Do you have questions about this? I would absolutely love to hear them. I love to hear about individual people's stories and how they're paying attention to their lives and what's actually going on. So please share that with me. I mean, you can do that on Instagram. You can send me, some people send me emails, I mean, or comment on this, uh, on iTunes, send me a comment about the show. Any type of way that we can connect and talk about our feelings and what we're doing, that is, you know, that's the name of the game. That's the point of Elisa Unfiltered here is to spark a little bit of thought and change perspective a little bit. Think outside of the norm and maybe act on that in a way that really serves you and makes you feel happy and safe and loved. Okay? Okay, that's all for today. Thank you all so much for your support and for holding space for me to share my journey. If you haven't done so yet, please go to Apple Podcasts or Google Play and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow the show on Spotify and share on your social media. Thank you all so much for listening. Have the best day, everyone. Until next time.